Save the date for the 12th of September. Join our webinar on digital transformation in manufacturing. We are exploring how IoT, AI and smart factories are reshaping our sector. Hear from industry leaders like Airbus, Rolls-Royce and Heriot Watt University. This is a must attend for professionals and decision makers in manufacturing. So register now at resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. That's resources.red-fern.co.uk slash webinar. The link is also in the description. I had a great chat this week with Greg Paulson of Zometry, an expert in advanced manufacturing and a real advocate for 3D printing. We discussed the cutting edge of 3D printing and how it works on an industrial scale. He also explained how his firm is disrupting the market by offering instant quotes right across manufacturing. I hope you enjoy our conversation. From Redfern Media, this is Remake Manufacturing. My guest this week is Greg Paulson, Director of Application Engineering at Zometry. They're the leading AI-enabled marketplace for on-demand manufacturing, transforming one of the largest industries in the world. Zometry creates a marketplace that enables designers and engineers to rapidly source high-quality, on-demand, manufactured parts. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Stu. And Zometry is a fascinating company. You're growing so quickly. Can you tell us how Zometry is disrupting the manufacturing sector? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And Zometry really starts at this beginning of just getting stuff made. Custom manufacturing is typically a kind of toss and risk business, if you will, uh, when you're procuring parts originally. And what I mean by that is uh, if I'm looking to create, for example, a CNC machine component or even a 3D print, often what I'm doing is creating my technical designs, packaging it up in some way, like a zip file, and sending it out to different vendors hoping to get a response back and hoping to get pricing back that I want you know I'm, I'm looking to pay uh, to get to get those parts uh, but it's very cumbersome because the responses often come at different times if you get responses at all or you'll get pricing that fluctuates and you don't really know why so the very first thing Zometry did when we were founded you know in uh, late 2013 really started making parts of 2014 was put technology right up front uh, we actually are disrupting this whole workflow by just quoting instantly. Mm. We actually use computational geometry and machine learning to detect the features of the part that will drive costs a certain way and create predictive market-based pricing. So the pricing that a a competitive supplier would price this, this part at, and you see it instantaneously, not just for, you know, 3D printing or something that may be volumetric based, but for more, more complex work too. So what we call spec manufacturer components. Uh, so Zometry site, which uh, if you're in Europe is uh, zometry.eu, uh, US, uh, where I'm actually in the US base, uh, zometry.com. Uh, and that's with the X, X-O-M-E-T-R-Y. Uh, you upload those files, you'll get, be able to get instant pricing, configure those uh uh, those the project to get exactly what you're looking for, whether it's finishes, uh, specs, uh, certifications required, and you get a price right away and you press buy. So there's not this waiting around for that to happen. And th- there's the other side of that too, because there's also the manufacturer side, who's going to make my part, 
Uh, are they qualified to make that part? You know, are they ready to make that part? Do, are they backlogged five weeks or do they have capacity now? Zomtree is actually a manufacturing marketplace. We're global. And we know our manufacturers. These manufacturers are, are vetted through our system. And we have about 5,000 plus right now across our network, across the globe. And we're able to pair the work that is ordered with those manufacturers who can do it best, hit that spec and hit that lead time. And they're able to see that almost like a Uber driver sees a job on their app. They have a Zometry app and they're able to see that work and take work on demand. So it helps make this handshake for both the buyers and suppliers through a technology-based platform. You know, very disruptive versus that current kind of send out and, and wait and, and hopefully get back approach and make that all instantaneous and super user-friendly. Mm, I mean, sounds almost too good to be true from an efficiency point of view. Who are your typical clients and um, what would be a typical project? Uh, so we cast a very wide net because we focus on making parts to spec. So that can be, you know, a Fortune 100 company that is looking for, you know, highly specialized components or components that are going through their engineering and product development lifecycle down to someone who may be an independent business or inventor because the barrier to entry is a technical model. Do you have a technical design of this product to be made? If you have that, you can use our site and all that automation is there and you essentially have, you know, millions upon millions of dollars of manufacturing infrastructure at a click of a button. That being said, I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of folks that find us are hoping for that too good be, to be true manufacturer. They find us and they send us usually the first thing they send is the most challenging part because that's the thing that they haven't been able to source yet. So I always laugh because a lot of our entries into these businesses, especially when you talk about uh, industries like aerospace or you know complex robotics or uh, you know they're they're sending us something that's highly specced, you know, very complex to manufacture as some of their first trial jobs because it's just what they have right now. It's what, it's like, when they find us, it's like, I have not have found a source for this. But ultimately, what's found is that the everyday work, the regular machine work, whether it is, a, you know, one-offs, dozens-off, or production, fits really well within our, within our network, too. And we have over a dozen different manufacturing technologies, so that could be a 3D print, either in plastic or metal 3D printing, um, or it could be the final end use product, like a machine part, sheet metal, uh, injection mold component, for example. Mm. And and though you are growing very fast, there are other competitors out there doing um, similar stuff. What makes you stand out from the pack? You know, what I really like about Zometry and, uh, you know, part of my passion is my background and my history, I've been both a buyer and supplier. I've been a manufacturer running, um, a, running a manufacturing section. In, this, in my case, I ran advanced additive manufacturing for quite a while in my career before joining Zometry. And, you know, I'm sending out bids. I'm, you know, making parts on demand for, for my customers. And I'm hoping the work comes in, right? So I have this, you know, I'm, you know, I need to wait for someone to ask me to make something in order to, you know, get the job. Uh, and also, when there's something that I couldn't do, I was I was outsourcing. So, uh, like I was buying, uh, you know, from different vendors and having the, those same pains. Uh, and what I like about Zometry versus a lot of other uh, what, what were perceived as competitors is that we're floating both both the buyer and supplier side. 
Uh, so what I mentioned before from the buyer side, it's just easy. It's one place to go. You could, you know, just toss your entire bill of materials, essentially of custom parts on Zometry site and we manufacture as a service. But the suppliers too, they're getting work that is, first off, it's work. They get paid. You know, that's, that's number one. Do I have cash flow? Uh, they're getting work on demand. Uh, they're getting work that hopefully is relevant for them. So we actually use machine learning and matchmaking to match with their capabilities. So the work that the, is seen uh, on the top of the job board is hopefully work that they're looking, you know, to take on if they have if they have capacity to do so. And the way that's different than a lot of the you know other competitors is the competitors are just making a bigger shop. Mm-hmm. So when their business grows they're competing and, and taking away from small business manufacturers. And with us, as our business grows, we're just another source of revenue for you know well-trained, capable manufacturers across the globe. And that's really exciting because you are building a marketplace. You're, you're, you're working on synergies. You're be able to access that talent or that capability or that specialized uh, tools that these shops have and put them to use. So it's much, much more expansive by embracing the entire manufacturing marketplace. Right. So disrupting on the one hand, but also working hand in hand with these companies too. Yeah, absolutely. We're not we're not cannibalizing from these these companies for sure. Good to hear it. So your role is director of application engineering. What exactly does that entail? So I always joke that we are internal consultants. Uh, my personal background, as I mentioned, I've worked both buyer and supplier, and I've worked in the diversity of manufacturing technologies. Uh, so I kind of act as a walking, talking FAQ uh, for for our, for our customers and, and also internal team. Uh, but I, I tend to work in our application uh, a team works with customers, uh, both on the pre-sale side. Uh, so uh, reviewing the drawings, understanding their needs, sometimes helping uh, them down select a process. So kind of what to choose and why, depending on their product development stage. Uh, so is it a mature product where it just it has to be molded in this peak material, or is it something that they're developing where we could use a 3D printing substitute uh, in, in instead? Uh, and we also do you know cost estimation for specialized things. So not everything is an auto-coding tool. We, we auto-code a heck of a lot. But if there's something that has a specific material that we don't auto-code or a specific finish or some sort of post-processing step uh, that we want to have a manual review for, our team's also there to take a look at those projects. So, you know, there, there's, there are humans on board as well. So we have a lot of technology in the platform, uh, but we also have a, you know, this human side with our uh, application engineers to review these projects and really make sure that the customer is successful at their, their goal. So let's talk a bit more about 3D printing. You mentioned it before. Uh, There was previously a lot of energy uh, about this technology a few years ago, but maybe that seems to have cooled off slightly now. Can you tell us why that might be and explain where 3D printing is today for us? Well, I'm not sure if it's cooled off, but I think think what you're seeing is it's normalizing. Right. And what I mean by that is 3D printing, it's new. And... You know, a lot of the perception of 3D printing is, you know, a you know, b- building, you know, tchotchkes and, you know, bracelets or vases, that sort of thing. Uh, but actually, it's very different on an industrial scale. 3D printing's been around since 1984. Mm. I was actually introduced to 3D printing myself in 2007, uh, where I ran Selective Laser Centering, which I've been spoiled. I've always been running industrial additive manufacturing technologies versus, you know, desktop machines. And... What I've seen 
since the you know my in my 14 years is this adoption and growth of customers using 3D printing not just for prototyping which is just absolutely fantastic at doing but also using it for end use components so what you're really seeing is that these may be written in that that drawing or that specification for that part may actually have 3D printing as its final source. And that could be you know, plastics using selective laser sintering or multi-jet fusion or carbon digitalite synthesis. Um, or as well as, you know, uh, we have some metal processes too. So we have uh, binder jet metal uh, as well as direct metal sintering. And they're becoming viable. The part that I'm prototyping is actually in the final material in a final stage. And that's, you know, very, very exciting to see. Mm. And what are some of the, the more interesting applications that you've been seeing from clients? So one of the benefits of 3D printing is I can go a little bit more free form in my design. Right. So it's not, I'm not just thinking injection molding. I'm, I'm able to encompass features or combine features that would typically be assembled afterwards into a single design. So I've seen a lot of applications where uh, it's taking advantage of either part consolidation so remove, remove the chance for parts to break apart by just making them one single piece uh, or taking advantage of this ability to build more of a freeform geometry. Uh, one of our customers, uh, for example, that we do production units in, and that's very exciting for me, is the when they're boxed up, the next time they're open up is from our customer's customer. So it's literally retailed and directly out to, to, out to their service. But they're essentially evaporation covers uh, for a... Um, an assay unit that like is essentially think about like 96 little vials in a, on a tray and they're being tested over time uh, for, for solutions for this use for biomedical services, you name it. One of the challenges with long-term tests with that is that the liquid will evaporate and it'll change the dilution of material. So if you have a certain dilution and some, some of the water evaporates, then it's actually a higher concentration of, of material and it may affect the experiment. So they use the pliability of, uh, in this case, it's a nylon material that we 3D print for them. And they put in these little kind of living hinge features in a high amount of density because it's 96 pieces to give essentially an individual cover on these trays as it moves open and close. And it's, it's really interesting because that could not physically be produced in another manufacturing method. They're able mm. to take advantage of uh, what you could just freeform design, so design on purpose, you know, design with the the end function in mind, and really take advantage of that with a three D printing process. Uh, but even things like uh, from a product development standpoint, uh, sometimes you can now reach a lower customer count than you know a large product. It's that's been an inhibitor for some products. Like it's just not economical for me to pursue this because in order for me to justify traditional tooling, I need to get this many customers and I know this you know, this product may not reach that. So you tend, tend to see additive manufacturing as an end use solution uh, for those lower consumer volumes or those volumes where the revision of the product may change well before uh, a traditional tool life cycle would, would expire. Uh, Internet of Thing technologies are famous for that, right? Just, you know, anything that's kind of handheld has, you know, Wi-Fi signal or some sort of electronic device, you know, they're, they're seasonal. And uh, by taking advantage of what you can do with additive manufacturing, when you change your revision, all you do is put in the file on the machine and the machine just keeps on rolling. You don't need to, you know, retool or rework or ex have large expenses behind every new change. Fascinating. So it's just getting more and more complex as it as it becomes normalized in these, these uh, niche uh, applications. 
yeah, and I'm also seeing like uh, advances in finishes. That so that's something that's also exciting is you're not just always having to embrace the layers. Although I'm I'm someone I always say love the layers because on a layer based process where you're building parts out of a filament or a liquid or powder, they tend to represent that kind of finish on the on the surface. Uh, but we have new technologies like uh, chemical vapor smoothing for a lot of our our plastic products uh, that are additively manufactured. And there's other surface finishes that can actually give you that near molded look, and and give that customer satisfaction. Like when they hold it, you know, there's this trust in the product, and that has enhanced a lot of our technologies. Uh, and it's something that is uh, it's very exciting. And we can we can do that here at Zometry, but I think it's really helping move the industry uh, to further adoption. Remake Manufacturing is brought to you by Redfern Media the digital agency for B2B manufacturers. We partner with B2B manufacturers to listen, think, create, and innovate. To find out more, head over to remakemanufacturing.com and sign up to the podcast, plus manufacturing marketing and technology insights. Now, back to the show. Let's get back to the business side of Zometry. Mm-hmm. If you could pick only one metric um, for the company to improve over time, what would have the greatest and most sustainable impact on business growth? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> so we we are a marketplace. Uh, so I always say we're I, I call it the supplier sandwich. And this is this is not official zometry speak, but this is how I say it is. You know, on one side of the sandwich is the suppliers that are part of our marketplace and their what they can do, like their capacity, their talent sets, the manufacturing technologies that are run. Uh, you know, in the middle of that sandwich is the platform, Zometry's platform that says, here's here's the stuff we offer to our customers. And they're not always the same. You know, it's not always the same. And the other side of that sandwich is back to suppliers, uh, which is who, who are doing the fulfillment of the work. So we're the platform that connects buyers and sellers in the same place. And then those uh, those sellers, those suppliers are performing that work. As we enhance that workflow to really show off the wares of our suppliers and build that talent into Zometry's platform, that's the super exciting thing. Because you start, you keep on where our goal is pushing that one-stop shop. You know, we want to be the first place for any person who's working on a manufacturing project to go, to go and find what they need, uh, make the right connections, you know, learn about a subject if they're still in a development phase, so have built the beautiful knowledge uh, resources like we have on Zometry site. And yeah, get the work done. Uh, let, let us take care of the supply chain and everything for you. So as we build that supplier base, and we're able to embrace their talents and become a storefront for the uh, for them. You know, the better and better we are. Amazing. So let's imagine then that the company is five years down the line and it's grown, say, ten times. What would that success have been likely uh, down to? I think it's I think it's all about uh, you know it comes down to it is are we useful for people who are looking for manufactured products. You know, as do we stay relevant? Do we stay useful? Are we offering the technologies and services that help you know consolidate uh, the supply chain for those who need it? And uh, we have the offerings that just match what they're what they're looking for, because as long as we're able to be a strong, su- successful storefront and get orders, you know, get that stuff in, we're paying the suppliers, and it's you get that reciprocating feedback, you get that uh, you know reinforcing uh, loop where our suppliers are. You know, sticking with Zometry, we're providing them work on demand, and we're able to expand further and further. 
So, and that's really, you know, that really is the exciting thing is being a marketplace versus just like one shop or one service. Like we're, we're here to kind of hug everybody. And, uh, and I think that's really exciting. And part of that, uh, I will also say part of that stickiness is not just the work on demand. Zometry offers, we have something called Zometry Pay, which is, you know, some fantastic uh, financial services to help with the cash flow uh, for our suppliers. Uh, so whether it's, you know, I'm a small shop. I don't know how to accept POs or credit cards. You know, we have we have a system for that, so they can actually get you know credit card work, and we we pay them uh, uh, on that on that level, or or even getting some you know credit upfront for uh, being able to buy raw materials or goods to help this project. You can get a ten thousand dollar project, and you may have twenty five hundred dollars of expenditures that you need to drop upfront. And from a small business, sometimes that's you know really tough to do. Uh, but Zometry system really helps you just instantly get to work. Mm. And it's, you know, it's, it's very, very exciting that way. So pulling back to look at manufacturing as a whole, uh, what do you think are the most pressing challenges the industry is facing today? We've seen it in the past, you know, what, 400, 450 days here uh, with a global pandemic, uh, other things happening that, uh, that are doing massive disruption in the supply chain, uh, more catastrophic weather events. You know, this is, this is uh, you know, large corporate responsibility on, on that as well, just with climate change itself. But this is all disruption. It's all disruption to lifestyles and to supply chain. And distributed manufacturing, so Zometry's ability to essentially dispatch without the dispatcher, you know, be able to connect uh, that work with uh, capable suppliers helps create a self-healing supply chain. If, you know, if all of a sudden Northeast blackouts or something, you know, something happens and uh, shops go down, we still have a whole group of global manufacturers. We still have thousands capable of doing work elsewhere, and this moves seamlessly. So I'm in the U.S., and I could tell you that during the pandemic, for our customers, it was business as usual. Mm. So even as places were shutting down and opening up and shutting down and opening up, uh, our domestic-based business, essentially those who were shut down, they wouldn't take work. They're they're smart, reasonable, uh, you know, business owners, and the, those who are open were taking that work on demand. But even better, when those who are actually were back online, both from the customer side and the supplier side, when they needed to get work made, they could go to Zometry, get that done. Or when they needed to take work, when they're back online, their neighbors may still be shut down, but they could take work from Zometry's job board to keep that cash flow going. Mm. So there's something really exciting about a distributed manufacturing model, especially when you see more and more uh, global supply chain disruptions. And how, how can we utilize capacity that's geographically dispersed while also maintaining that level of quality assurance is something that Zometry is very, very good at. And how do you think the industry is doing from a gender representation perspective and a diversity perspective? I, I think, uh, you know, as Zometry has grown in Zometry, uh, as we've recently uh, gone public as well, you know, our goal is to reflect the values. We're build, building a DEI campaign. Uh, working to promote uh, STEM and education, you know, building a a better future uh, for our manufacturing. And I, I guess I would say, like, you know, inviting the roles to the party. And I think that's really something that we embrace. Uh, and I was going to say, from a corporate social responsibility, I'll say our, our CEO uh, and down throughout the company, our goal is also to look at our future. Um, you know, we have a responsible role in things that can affect climate change and, you know, carbon offsets and emissions. And as a marketplace manufacturer, you have a really interesting position where you can make some changes for the better. And by you making that change, 
you're able to affect all these manufacturers at once. Mm. Uh, something that I want to note on is our we have a program called Go Green, where we actually pay for carbon offsets for the shipping that we are doing right now automatically. And that's not reflected for in the customer. It's just something that we do. And what's great about that is we're not telling every single shop to be like, go offset the carbon. We're taking care of that because you know we're taking care of our shipping account. And uh, we're able to partner with uh, uh, companies like Dot Neutral to help uh, offset that, whether it's in wind, forestry, solar, uh, we're able to do that. We also have options for customers to actually click and pay a little bit to offset their carbon emissions on the actual manufactured project as well. But it's something that I think, to your point, responsibility in general, there's a second bottom line that every company has. It's not just you know selling and you know showing those numbers. It's also that responsibility as a you know public figure, as a as a representative of manufacturing. You know, we want to bring, we want to elevate everybody up, uh, and really you know represent our values as well. Absolutely. And so, what other uh, new technologies coming down the pipeline now are you most excited about? You know, I mentioned before that with additive manufacturing, more and more technologies are becoming not just a prototyping technology, but they're useful for end use. There have been complete revolutions. As a geek in the industry, I'll, I'll call it a revolution in material science, in how these machines are made, um, and building smarter, more advanced software for these machines. And what's interesting is what I've seen in additive manufacturing is now being also paralleled in uh, CNC machining or vice versa, like best practices. You know, a good example is when I simulate a build or a machining step, it used to be prohibitively expensive to actually go and run what we call a digital twin, which is what's going to happen in that machine when I do this and what's going to happen to my part mm. before it happens. You know, just just simulating that that run. Is, is there going to be a crash or an additive manufacturing? Is it going to be deform, deformation or delamination or or challenge to the outcome of my part. That's becoming more and more accessible. The software uh, software and CAD and CAM programs are embracing every technology under the umbrella to create, create better and better outcomes. And by being able to build a digital twin and simulate what's gonna happen, and even better, having machines that see what's happening and are able to make a little bit of responsiveness in real time, it gives better and better outcomes and quality at the end product. And so I'm seeing these technologies being enabled now by combining not just the hardware that's coming out, but also you know really powerful software. And for me, the exciting thing is that the software is becoming accessible. It's not you know up on this pedestal anymore. It's like simulation is part of the exercise of manufacturing. Amazing. The future is bright. Um, so we'll end the show in the same way we do every week by asking our guests to tell us one invention that if it was never manufactured, your life would be unbearable. What could you not live without? So in front of me right now, uh, the audience can't see this, but I have three empty mugs I actually need to take <laughs> upstairs uh, to, to, to the dishwasher here, which also is a great invention I should talk about as well. But I'm going to really focus on the coffee machine. Uh, coffee on demand is something that has become part of my life. And I have to joke that one of my internships when I was in college was also with a coffee house. So I think just coffee is just part of my blood now. And 
I probably could wean off it, but I I don't know if I want to right now. So I'll I'll definitely put it on you know some sort of coffee maker coffee machine is it's way to go. Well, I wonder how many inventions we wouldn't have if we didn't have <laughs> coffee machines. The, the the pillows would just be softer if we didn't have coffee machines. Everybody everybody just focus on bedding products. You know, <laughs> that's true. All it leaves me to do is say thanks to today's guest, Craig Paulson. Let's do this. Is awesome. Really wonderful conversation. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. Subscribe to this podcast in all the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Music. Thanks for listening to this edition of Remake Manufacturing. I'm your host, Stuart Black. See you next time.